Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. This young mom, Tracy Lynn Riker, goes missing there in Venice. It's Venice, Florida. There are a lot of Venices across our country, but this is Venice, Florida. And adding to the complications, um, Tracy Lynn Riker, deeply religious. That's not the complication. The complication is that according to her husband, she had been going on the beach and approaching people. And this was just one of the things she did and speak about the Lord. Did she meet someone on the beach that took advantage of her? What what has happened to Tracy Riker? Also happening, a Sarasota family searching for a missing woman. This is Tracy Lynn Reeker of Venice. She disappeared five days ago, and her family tells Eight on Your Side they're desperate to bring her home. Uh, her, her children need her. She's the best mom in the whole wide world, um, and um, we just need to get her back. That's her husband speaking. He said his wife was having trouble sleeping before she disappeared. He believes she may be in a green Nissan Xterra, also missing from their home. You were just hearing our friend Stacey Shabel at WFLA News Channel 8. What happened to Tracy Lynn Riker? With me, an all-star panel to break it down and put it back together again. With me, Kathleen Murphy. You know her well. Veteran trial lawyer family law specialty in North Carolina. And you can fa- find her at NC, North Carolina, ncdomesticlaw.com. Dr. Bethany Marshall joining us, psychoanalyst from Beverly Hills. You can find her at drbethanymarshall.com. Karen Smith joining me out of L.A. She is a forensics expert. She is a lecturer at University of Florida, and she is the host of a hit new podcast, Shattered Souls. Dr. Tim Gallagher. Uh, a renowned medical examiner joining me out of the state of Florida. And we often hear about medical examiners for this county or that county. Dr. Gallagher is the medical examiner for the state of Florida. And you can find him at pathcaremed.com. But first, to Nicole Parton, crimeonline.com investigative reporter. What can you tell me about Tracy Lynn Riker? Nancy, Tracy Lynn Riker, 44 years old, a mother of four. I've been looking through her pictures. I'm sure you have as well. A beautiful, beautiful blonde mother, uh, very active with her children, very loved among her neighbors, her family and friends. She was just an all-around American beauty. Um, She was very much into her faith, loved God, and loved sharing her faith with others. And certainly her family and friends are suffering tragically due to her missing. You know, Dr. Bethany Marshall, psychoanalyst, joining me out in Beverly Hills, and I'm not passing judgment at all because I certainly don't want anybody to pass judgment on me. Uh, Dr. Bethany, a lot of people would mock her way of life, which I deeply resent. They would think it's crazy to walk up and down the beach and tell people about the Lord. That is part of her religion. That is part of it. As a Christian, you're directly commanded to spread the word of love 
through the gospel. I mean, think about it. That's why all the disciples would choose, except for one, as you know well, that was not murdered for Christianity, but was exiled to an island. But all the disciples would rather die than not spread the word of the gospel. So, you know, the fact that she's doing this, I've heard a lot of people poo-poo it. It really makes me angry because she was following her faith. And I feel that it's victim shaming, but more important that it is attacking her because that was her faith. Well, Nancy, she was what we call evangelical. Evangelical means that if you have faith, you believe in it, and you want to share it with other people. Not all religions are evangelical. Some believe in keeping the faith to themselves, and some believe that spreading it around is a good idea. I don't know if you know this. My parents are missionaries. I'm actually an ordained minister. I've graduated from Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, so I know a lot about this. I was actually sent to evangelize when I was a child. Um, I, I did always, not know that part. What do you mean you were sent to evangelize? You can't just throw that out there, Dr. Bethany, and not, me not follow up on it. What? To share about Jesus Christ. And I tease my parents now saying, you know, I could have been murdered and dismembered. And here you sent me door to door when I was 13 to 14 years old. And we all laugh about it now. But it, it is a thing in religious communities to share what you know. Well, I mean, now, think I have- about it, Bethany. You you see the Mormons, they send mm-hmm. out, and you always see them, they have on dark pants, they have on typically a short sleeve right. white shirt with a tie. And that's part of their mission. I think they go for two that's years right. and they... Two years. I, I, I say proselytize. I don't know if that's the right word, but they share their religion. And nobody makes fun of them. But for no, a mom to, to walk up and down the beach near her home and tell people about the Lord, people are mocking it. And you know, you know, Dr. Bethany, nobody mocks it more than people in the media and the TV. I think you're just a moron a if you believe. What? Go hit me. Okay, a different aspect because I'm also a psychoanalyst. And when, um, when people put themselves at risk because of meeting strangers, one of the things we think about in my field when we do a full evaluation of a patient is something called excessive goal-directed behavior. Whoa, excessive what? Excessive goal-directed behavior. When you have a goal and you're excessively energized and motivated to reach that goal, it can also be a sign of bipolar illness. Now, I don't want to victim shame and say she had bipolar, but I think that it would be important to to. Well, you know what? I, I don't like this. I don't like where you're going, Dr. Bethany. Because you don't like just, the direction? No, I really do not like it, and I very rarely disagree with you. But just because she was sharing the gospel, you suddenly are saying, I don't know, but maybe she's bipolar. I don't like that. But don't you think it's empathic to not just look through one lens, but to look through multiple lenses to help? Well, I think you're the one actually looking through one lens because you think if she's out sharing the gospel that, hey, maybe she's bipolar. Why would you even say that? I'm saying it's better to not know, to leave our judgment by the door, and to look at every possibility. Well, why you know, was she out of I, I don't know why, just because she would go along suddenly have brought in bipolar mothers, into it. Mothers don't often do that. Well, they maybe they often, don't, but may, so? I know, Nancy. It's so complex because I am supportive of the fact that she was evangelizing. I am also a psychoanalyst, and I want to think of 
every possibility. And I would want to know what was her behavior like while she was evangelizing, not that she was evangelizing. Was it erratic? Was it excessive energetic? Was she out at night late until early in the wee morning hours? Like no matter what a person does in my field, we ask also, how are they doing it? Okay. Before I, before I rail on you any further (laughs) for just, you know, they said the disciples were crazy too. Okay. But they weren't. So I'll let you just put that in your pipe and smoke it, Miss Bethany Marshall. (laughs) Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we're talking about, uh, uh, she really is beautiful. Tracy Lynn Riker suddenly goes missing. Take a listen to our friend Kimberly Kuzan at Fox 13. A wife and mother of four, Tracy Riker's disappearance weighs heavy. This is completely opposite of, of who Tracy is. Her husband, Christian Riker, says the last time he saw her was on September 30th, around 3 a.m. at their Venice home. She's having trouble sleeping and um, wasn't eating a whole lot. When he woke up, her cell phone and wallet were left behind, but Tracy and her car were gone. Christian says his wife had been focused on religion and talking to others about God. She was so concerned about COVID, she wouldn't go anywhere. Um, but you know, the importance of her message just kind of has, has um, freed her of that fear, I think. Interesting. Tracy Lynn Riker goes missing. She is known to walk up and down the beach near her home there in Venice, Florida, spreading the word of the gospel. Then she disappears. Straight out to Nicole Parton, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, specifically about the beach. Was there any information gleaned that she had ever been attacked or mistreated on the beach when she would be sharing? No, Nancy, nothing at all. Um, I think it was very friendly conversation. She would approach people and share the gospel. You know, looking through her social media, I found a few comments, general statements like, enjoying God's creation today, or I'm so blessed with the family that God has given me. Nothing overbearing, nothing that would imply that she was a member of something cultish or something that she was trying to pressure everyone into. I think it was just light conversation, and we have no reason to believe that she had been mistreated or that, that someone had tried to attack her or anything like that while sharing the gospel on the beach. Guys, take a listen to our friend Kimberly Kuzan at Fox 13 the day before she disappeared. She'd been on Brainton Beach spreading the message. I really think um, she was just going to to talk about God. I don't know if she meant it to be an extended leave. Venice police are searching for Tracy along with her friends and family. A Facebook page created to help her now has more than a thousand followers. I'm absolutely worried that someone would take advantage of, of her kindness and her free spirit and, and she if she She's just out there trying to help people. Groups of Tracy's friends and strangers are searching beaches, parks, and areas Tracy was known to visit. Christian just wants to find Tracy and bring her home. Tell us what your plan is. We'll support whatever whatever you're trying to get done. We just want to know you're okay and let you know how much we love you. 
Straight after Karen Smith, uh, joining me from L.A., she is a forensics expert, lecturer, University of Florida. She is the host of a hit new podcast series called Shattered Souls. Karen Smith, in a case like this, where the husband says she was out on the beach spreading the gospel, where do you start? It's like a needle in a haystack. Where do you start the investigation? This is a tough one, Nancy. Uh, the reporters say was that her cell phone and her wallet were left behind. That's concerning to me. Um, you know, we've, we've seen so many stories. But wait a minute. How often would you, you may behind. not take your cell phone and wallet out on the beach. Maybe not. It depends. Did she have to drive to get to the beach or was it a walking distance? Good walk point. To the beach? What Good beach point. was she at? Um, you know, these are the things that I start to think about, think about as a detective is, why would she leave her cell phone behind? That's a lifeline now, Nancy. Nobody leaves home. Even if you're just going for a walk on the beach, you don't leave your cell phone behind. So that is very concerning to me. Well, and also I'm thinking about what you're saying. I believe it was Bradenton Beach. Wasn't it Bradenton Beach, Nicole Parton? That's correct. Jackie's saying yes, Bradenton Beach. And the other thing is, I don't think she had any intention on swimming. And I don't believe she was last seen in a swimsuit. Haven't heard that. So I don't know that she had any plan to actually get in the water, which says to me she maybe should have or normally would have taken her phone with her. But Karen Smith is pointing out that her wallet and her cell phone were where, Karen, back in the home, correct? That's correct. And, you know, we also have to take into account she's a grown woman. She has free will. She can go where she wants, when she wants. Uh, She doesn't have to tell her husband. She doesn't have to tell anybody. She can go where she wants. So this is a very complex case. And, you know, starting from ground zero, you start at the home and you work your way out from there and see if there's any leads you can pick up. And following up on that to Kathleen Murphy, North Carolina trial veteran, family law expert at ncdomesticlaw.com. Kathleen Murphy, uh, following up on what Karen Smith just said, why do you always start the investigation at home? Because that is 99% of what is happening. I see so much domestic violence against couples or among couples who look picture perfect on Facebook and they have presented to the world that they're financially sound and that they're communicative and they're in love. But when they come into my office, I hear the real story. Karen Smith is spot on. You know, uh, to Dr. Tim Gallagher, the medical examiner for the state of Florida, In a home, I'm going to go follow up with Karen Smith after you, Dr. Gallagher. If you were looking in the home for evidence, what would you be looking for as far as the body goes, Dr. Gallagher? Well, I'd be looking, number one, for was there a sign of a struggle? You know, are things that are on the shelf, generally on the shelves, now on the floor, are there um, scratches or a furniture that may be knocked over or misplaced evidence? Um, these type of violent crimes often leave a lot of blood behind. And sometimes you'll see evidence that blood was left behind and there was an attempt to clean it using bleach or some sort of acid solution. Also, looking for the smells of those solutions. Why is it that one room smells uh, a lot like bleach or like a concentrated cleaning solution? You know, these are the things that would generate a thought that there may have been a violent episode in that room. Dr. Gallagher, is bleach bad for infants, for them to be around? It certainly is. You know, bleach is a chlorine gas that is diluted in water solution. So that chlorine gas is very caustic. And around infants, 
infants whose lungs are developing, whose lungs are growing and maturing, uh, this is very caustic to the progression of the development of lungs in infants. So bleach and uh, other caustic chemicals such as ammonia, you know, should not be used in quarters that do house infants. Isn't there a, 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 a syndrome or a disease? Is it Huntington's that some people link to cleaning products? Well, you know, there there is a uh, thought, you know, within uh, some part of the medical community that these exposures do lead to um, breathing problems down the road. Um, exposure to these types of things uh, have been known or have been alleged to lead to asthma, to lead to pulmonary fibrosis, where the lungs lose their elasticity, and also uh, to emphysema, where the uh, air sacs in the lungs um, become expanded and not able to contract and, and exchange air for uh, exchange oxygen. So there, there's a lot of um, thoughts there, but you know, in working with infants, uh, and working with very young people is very difficult to do the actual experiments, you know, to prove it. So a lot of that is yeah. just based on uh, um, uh, observational data. I, I did not realize that bleach was actually a, a chlorine compound. Is that what you said? It certainly is, yeah. Bleach is a chlorine that is uh, diluted in water. That's why you can smell it very quickly because it comes out of solution very quickly out of the water and uh, goes back into a gas, and that's what you're breathing in. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we are talking about the disappearance of Tracy Lynn Riker, uh, a lovely young mom that was called, had a calling, basically as a modern-day missionary, as a mom, and spreading the gospel. She was known to go up and down the beach in Bradenton, Florida, not too far from her home, and talk about the Lord. Suddenly, she goes missing. You heard her husband begging for information Take a listen to the husband, Christian Riker, talking to Fox 13 Tampa. We, we saw her, um, you know, probably about three in the morning of um, the 30th. Um, you know, she's having trouble sleeping and um, wasn't eating a whole lot. Um, really focused on her re- religious out, out, um, research and, and um, um, outreach. And um, so when we woke up, the, the car was gone and she was gone. Um, her, her car and her purse were, were still at home. And then, um, so we just, you know, called, called the authorities. Um, you know, I actually called her phone thinking that she'd have it and then noticed that it was ringing in, in, the, in the house. And then um, the next day when we hadn't seen her and she hadn't come home, we actually, and it's just been uh, overwhelming that the outreach. Um, hundreds and hundreds of people reaching out and, and um, you know, concerned about her. Let me follow up. Nicole Parton with me, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. He says he saw her. Actually, he said we. We saw her about 3 a.m. on the morning of the 30th. Tell me about that. 3 a.m. Why were they up at 3 a.m.? Just curious. Well, that's a good question. And um, when he kept referring to we, it's it's a huge assumption that he's meaning the children. Although, um, when questioned later, it, it appears that he saw her 
around 3 a.m. in the bed in the bedroom um, early that morning, and I guess he went to sleep thinking that she was going to sleep, but then he said she'd been having problems sleeping, so sometimes she would get up in the middle of the night. Then when he woke at 6 a.m. the next morning for the family to start their day, that's when he and the children realized that the SUV was gone, she was gone, her wallet and cell phone were laying on the table where she had placed them the night before, and that's when he made the call to 911. Hmm. Nancy, quick quick point. Mm-hmm. It would not be unusual for a dad to say we saw her if he's identified as being a part of the family with children, even if it was only him in the bed. It just means he's very identified with being a part of a group. Agree. It may have been as simple as she got up and it woke him up and he saw her. And he's like, what time is it? Uh, is it time to get up? I do that when I wake up in the middle of the night for whatever reason. I always look at my cell phone to find out what time is it time to get up. So that may be how he could identify that it was 3 a.m. If they were up at 3 a.m., I want to know, were they having an argument? Uh, were, were they partying? What, what were they doing up at 3 a.m.? But it sounds like he was asleep and woke up and saw her. That's what it sounds like to me. We don't know that specifically. Um, also, the SUV. What color, what make? Nicole Parton, the SUV you said is missing. Tell me what we know about that. I know it was a very unique color of green. Right. It was a very unique color of green, a, a Nissan Xterra. So this is a really large SUV with the roll bars on top. Um, you duller. Um, and he, you know, he says the car was missing. And I also want to point out, it was mentioned earlier about going to the beach. The beach was not in walking distance from her home. So she would have to drive to the beach. Um, so normally you would think that if she had driven, she would have taken her driver's license, her wallet, something like that. But um, the SUV green in color with the row bar on top was missing, but her wallet driver's license were in the home. You know, I looked it up. The day that she went missing was a Wednesday, September 30. 2020 that was a wednesday so all this is happening during a week the week and that is significant too wouldn't you agree karen smith because your weekday routine and schedule is different from your weekend i mean i get up at five every day during the week on the weekends i might sleep until six so it it changes the timeline for me karen smith it changes it for me, too, but we are in extraordinary times right now, Nancy, and everybody's routine has shifted. So I'm getting up at 6 o'clock every day. I don't even know half the time what day it is with COVID. So, you know, I don't know what their actual routine was now, uh, six months into this, as it was opposed to before. So we have to take all of that into consideration as well. That's a really good point. Guys, take a listen to Christian Riker now talking to Fox 13 Tampa. There's been... Um, literally hundreds of people being out looking for um, we're focusing on preserves similar to this beaches um, nature are, are things that she she really enjoys um, she doesn't have um, like a specific church that she's been working with um, locally because of covid um, but it, um, the last six months um, religion has been a big um, importance to her so we you know looking at churches anywhere that that um, people are because she just wants to talk about god and um you know 
her her discoveries and and you know trying to, to share the message that that she she has to to, to share with with anyone that, that is wanting to listen so um we've had a couple of potential sightings of both her and my vehicle um, the vehicle is a very distinct vehicle it, it's kind of like a hulk color green um you can't miss it Interesting, Holt Green. Did he say my vehicle? There have been several sightings of my vehicle, so this wasn't her car. Did they share a car? Did they have two cars? Do we know that, Nicole Parton? They did have two cars, um, and he kind of calls both of them my vehicles, so I, I'm not quite sure the understanding that they had with that. But I do believe that she did drive this Nissan Xterra most of the time. Okay, Hulk Green is the way he's describing it. That's a green you never forget. Guys, uh, another thing I'm hearing to Nicole Parton, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, is he says the vehicle, uh, Hulk Green, you can't miss it, he says, that there were several sightings of her and the vehicle. What do we know about that, Nicole? He is the only one to say that. Uh, police are not confirming that. Other family members that I have been in contact with have not confirmed that. But he is the only one who has said that there have been sightings of her or the vehicle. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, take a listen to our cut number six, Christian Riker still speaking to Fox 13. I really think um, she was just going to, to talk about God. I don't know if she meant it to be an extended leave. Um, you know, the, the morning or the day before, she did leave to go to Bradenton Beach um, to, to do exactly that, talk about God. Um, you know, even the week prior, she was so concerned about COVID, she wouldn't go anywhere. Um, but, you know, the importance of her message just kind of has, has um, freed her of that fear, I think. And um, like I said, um, she, she hasn't been sleeping or um, eating um, the way that, that most people would. There was a day of prayer um, the Saturday before, I believe on the 26th. It was a national event that she was supporting. And, um, you know, I, I think that you know, excited and, and, and invigorated her message in her, in her mind, um, but it also um, maybe made it so she's not thinking um, as she would normally. Hmm, interesting. You're hearing the husband speak. Here's more of what he told Fox 13. Listen carefully. She's been gone for um, almost a week now, and no one um, knows where she is. I and mean, she's an amazing mother. Um, she would not have her kids worried. Um, we haven't told the two youngest yet, but... Um, the two oldest are aware and um, just frightened and don't know what to think. It is completely against her character to, to leave. I mean, anytime she goes anywhere, she, you know, how long she's going to be. She'll, she'll call or text a few times in between and let us know when she's on her way back. So this is completely opposite of, of who Tracy is. And um, so it's, it's just alarming. And, and like I said, um, just a couple days prior, um, she just wasn't quite herself. stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we were talking about the disappearance of Tracy Lynn Riker, who has made it a habit to go speak about the gospel on Bradenton Beach, not far from her home. We're hearing from the husband only that there were sightings of the vehicle. It's an, uh, a Nissan Xterra, bright, bright green, Hulk green. 
he says that there were a couple of sightings of it. Police are not confirming that. So what happened? She is seen at 3 a.m. in the morning in the bedroom. At 6 a.m. when dad wakes up, she's gone, leaving behind her cell phone and her wallet. What happened to Tracy Riker? Now, one thing I'm noticing, Kathleen Murphy, North Carolina family lawyer, and you can find her at ncdomesticlaw.com. Kathleen when a husband is involved in the wife's disappearance, you don't always, let me just say typically, you don't always typically see them speaking so freely to the news media. I mean, think about it. Um, Drew Peterson, remember him? He killed at least two wives. Um, he would wave at the media. He'd occasionally say something. He would antagonize the media but he wouldn't come right out and speak about the facts surrounding the disappearance of fourth wife, Stacy Peterson. Scott Peterson gave one disastrous interview uh, where he referred to his wife in the past tense, but he wasn't at the vigil. He wasn't at the forefront speaking out. But this guy is speaking out. He's not afraid of the bright lights of a camera. What does that tell you, Kathleen? It tells me he doesn't have a good criminal defense attorney. And I, and I can't help but think of when Chris Watts was standing in front of the TV and it was all caught. And after it was all caught on the TV, he came out and spoke and he was so nervous and so fidgety. Everybody spotted that in the New York Minute. My clients would never speak to the press if their spouse is missing unless it was definitely well thought out and well presented. And I felt comfortable that that person it was in no way, shape, or form involved. Or Dr. Bethany Marshall, psychoanalyst, joining me, Beverly Hills, drbethanymarshall.com. Or it could mean he hasn't hired a criminal defense attorney because he doesn't think he needs one because he hasn't done anything wrong. You know, we can read anything into it we want, but my suspicious mind, because as you pointed out earlier, you know, whenever a woman goes missing, a wife, you start in concentric circles starting closest to home times the most toxic emotions arise the fact that he said there were several sightings i as a psychoanalyst look for something called trite rehearsed and stereotyped speech meaning when somebody uses a word that's not typical in everyday language my ears prick up if my husband went missing i would never say there have been sightings that sounds like that i've been reading a crime novel i would say Oh, my God, he was like shopping at, you know, Lucky's and, you know, our neighbors saw him checking out and we didn't see him after that. I wouldn't use a crime word because that seems so rehearsed. So I You don't know, know when I means. last heard that analysis when, um, no, not in the last time, but a, a memorable time was when Scott Peterson called Lacey, his, his dead wife that he murdered, mom and said first words Lacey's missing she's missing I would probably have said I can't find David um as a matter of fact I told you Dr. Bethany the time David always he travels a lot for work he when he gets there he either texts or calls at the airport when he gets to his location like the first meeting He'll text, and when he gets to his hotel that night, he usually texts. One night he didn't text. He texts when he got to the airport, and then that was it. 
And I was on the phone with my coworker D till four o'clock in the morning trying to call hospitals and blah, 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 till we found him. My point is, when I called D, I said, I can't find David. And this is unlike him. Uh, I, I didn't say he's missing. So that's a really good point uh, that he said sighting, but uh, that's not really swaying me one way or the other. I hear you, but. Yeah. Well, I would want to know, were there any personal details with anybody else? Like I had a mishap about where to meet my husband two days ago and he was waiting one place. I was waiting another. And I said, well, you said this. And he said, well, I said I was going to look at my iPad at the news and then I was going to meet you at the restaurant. I said, no, I think you said this. So many details went back and forth between where we thought we were going to meet and we ended up laughing about it. But there, I would wonder, does this husband, are there any details other than difficulty with sleeping and eating? She was Well, good Lord in heaven, Bethany. He's been speaking to Fox 13 out the yin-yang. I mean, what do you, what do you want so to Where man? are the details? Okay, where wait a minute. Let's see if we can get any more. Take a listen to our cut nine. This is Christian Riker speaking to Fox 13. Uh, Tracy, we need you home. We just want to know you're okay, but um, more than anything, um, you know, tell us what your plan is. We'll support whatever whatever you're trying to get done. We just want to know you're okay and let you know how much we love you. And, and there's hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of people that are concerned and looking for you because the, the outreach, outreach to, to make sure you're okay has been insane. Like the in the world that we're living in right now, there's a lot of negative news and disagreements. And um, all I've seen, you know, the last week is pure love and caring. And it's just amazing. Um, I mean, she has a, a group of, of moms that she's in a mom's nonstop 24 um, seven, looking at every lead that we get. Um, they, they've been amazing as, as have everybody that's outreached. Nancy, his voice sounds giddy. There's a giddiness to his voice. I'm not picking up on a giddiness. I pick it up. Is this Dr. Bethany Marshall? Yes. Okay, I will sounds, agree he doesn't sound all broken up gay. the way you would expect him to, to sound. But in his mind, he may be thinking she's missing, but she's coming home. Although I don't know about any history of her missing before. I, I wouldn't call him giddy. But I don't seem like, for me, I'd be screaming at the top of my lungs. Um, I'm not going to even go back into the story of when John David went missing and the babies are rust. Long story short, I was screaming at the top of my lungs and running through the store like a crazy person with Lucy under my arm like a football. But I'm not going to judge him based on the way I reacted. Guys, let's fast forward just one day. Take a listen to Justin Shecker, WFLA 8 News. Venice police say law enforcement dive teams located a green Nissan Xterra in this large pond behind me. The chief tells in on your side they believe they found the missing mom's body inside that vehicle. We have people that are going all over the area to, you know, parks and beaches. That's what Christian Riker told Aid on Your Side Tuesday about the desperate search to find his missing wife and mother of four, 44-year-old Tracy Lynn Riker. Investigators aren't saying what led them to this large pond close to Knight's Trail in Venice. But police say a joint effort from the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office, Northport PD, FWC and Venice PD located a green Nissan Xterra with the body believed to be Tracy Riker. She had not been seen in 11 days. Tracy Riker has been identified as the body. Nicole Parton, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Police are not saying 
why they searched a lake. Where was the lake in relation to the home? And did they find it through GPS tracking? Was What year was the exterior? Would it have had some type of on-star navigation in it? So the large pond where she was found was actually located within the community where she lived. So in this uh, Tuscany Isles, a, a newly developed area with some condominiums, some large homes, many ponds on the property there, and the exterior, her body inside, located right there within her community. Now, police were tipped off by a lady who was one of many who were in the area searching walking around looking for any signs of anything um, and a, a lady volunteer said she saw some orange peel so someone had been eating an orange and threw the peel down she had a dentist appointment she hurried off to the appointment she came back because she wanted to look around those orange peels some more and that's when she was walking on the water's edge and noticed what she thought was something in the water she located um, and alerted authorities, and they began to search, and that's when they found the vehicle. I've got so many thoughts uh, crashing together in my head. Guys, I want to remind everybody, the husband is in no way a suspect. Dr. Gallagher, if this body's been submerged in the water, what can we learn from it? Well, there's going to be a lot of uh, decompositional changes initially. There, the skin is going to turn green-black. The body is going to become bloated with gas it is going to be it's going to absorb a lot of the water a lot of the facial features are going to be indistinguishable you know so we're going to need uh, some other method of identifying her if she had any tattoos on her body that would be a nice secondary method of identification no no, no. we know but, it's her but can you get cause of death uh we yes yes we can we can get cause of death we can look for penetrating injuries was she assaulted are there any broken bones on her body are there any contusions abrasions lacerations we can examine what about her strangulation lung. We can look at the neck, we can dissect the neck, and we could look for damage in the neck, especially around the hyoid bone and around the musculature that supports the front of the neck. We can look for damage there to, to uh, signal that she may have been strangled. We can look for water in the lungs, water in the uh, airways to see ah, if possibly okay. she drowned. Wait a minute. Now I'm getting, I have an idea as if I need to tell you medical examiner, Dr. Tim Gallagher, if there's not water in her lungs, would that indicate that she was dead before the vehicle went in the water? It certainly can. You know, in fresh cases, that is certainly a, uh, that is certainly what we do. We actually take a piece of the lung at autopsy and drop it in water. And if it sinks, then there's water in it. And if it floats, well, then we know that she was breathing uh, and water had not entered into the lung. Well, this is 11 days later. Will that still work? That's a problem. That is a big problem because then uh, the body loses all of its uh, um, anti-water properties and water flows into the body, including the lungs. So, yes, that can well, that's be, gonna a be a problem. And cases. to you, Kathleen Murphy, this is being investigated as a, quote, traffic homicide. What is that? I, I could not. I, I read that out loud to one of my partners today and I said, what is a traffic homicide? And the only thing that that I, I can surmise is that the police are thinking that she may have been under the influence of some type of drug or medication. But that wouldn't be a homicide. And drove. 
No, well, you're right. That absolutely yeah. is not correct because um, you're right. Um, I, I, I saw that word and I didn't know what it was. I know what homicide is. I just didn't know what a traffic homicide is. Maybe she was bumped in. I'm just wondering why they're calling it a traffic homicide. If it was a suicide, that's one thing. If there was an accident right, right. and she was asleep and the car rolled into the water, which is really hard for me to imagine, that's another I thing. If they have something. They are calling the the it a traffic homicide. Nicole Parton, do you know what that means? I don't, but I can tell you that the vehicle was located in an undeveloped area behind the pond. So this, remember, this is a new community, so they're still developing a lot of the property. And uh, the point of entry to the pond where her vehicle went in was in an undeveloped area. So kind of away from, from the houses and kind of away from a, a paved road where someone would have just crashed into the pond. Very often uh, it means when a defendant's unlawful or negligent operation of a vehicle results in the death of another person. Again, there are no suspects that we know of. There are no POIs, persons of interest. We wait as the case unfolds. Nancy Gray's Crime Story signing off. Goodbye, friend.